0: Welcome to the Stonebridge Community Church online worship service. Today you'll hear the Word of God read, the message from this weekend's in-person service, and two songs to guide you in worship. Thanks for joining us today.
1: Um, I had an epiphany this last week that has nothing to do with anything important, but I'm going to share it with you all. By the way, I'm Pastor John, the senior pastor here at Stonebridge, if I haven't met you, but... Some of you know, my wife and I lived up in Seattle for five years. We're both Californians, Southern Californians, and we lived up there for five years. And during that time, we got used to the rain. And we got used to driving in the rain. And everybody was used to driving in the rain up there. So we moved back down here, it starts raining, and I remembered that Californians don't really drive in the rain. And at first, I thought... This is ridiculous. Just, it's normal. Your tires are made for this. It's fine. But the last week, I I realized what the issue is. It's not the rain. It's that nobody thinks they know how to drive in the rain, so they all drive poorly. And we're all avoiding other people on the road, and it makes perfect sense. Now, I think I saw like three almost accidents during this last week. So I want to say, I'm glad God gave us a little break this morning so you could all get to church safely, and may God be with you as you drive this next week. I love California, but sometimes. (laughs) So, during this season, we're looking at these parables that Jesus tells in the Gospel of Mark, in Mark chapter 4, really. And parables are these stories Jesus would use to teach. Parable is a Greek word that means to throw alongside. So, Jesus would take the work that God was doing and throw it alongside something simple, something that was easier to understand. So that people could understand what God was doing in this world, and sometimes they help, and sometimes they're a little confusing. And today we're going to look at some of the confusing ones, or one of the confusing ones. So I'll be reading from Mark chapter four, verses twenty-one through twenty-three. One of the shorter parables in the Gospel of Mark. Jesus said to them, "Is the lamp brought in to be put under the bushel basket, or under the bed, and not on the lampstand?" For there is nothing hidden except to be disclosed, nor is anything secret except to come to light. Let anyone with ears to hear listen. I'm going to read that one again. Jesus said to them, Is a lamp brought in to be put under the bushel basket or under the bed and not on the lampstand? For there is nothing hidden except to be disclosed, nor is anything secret except to come to light. Let anyone with ears to hear listen. Please join me in prayer. Lord, we gather here so that we can lift our voices up to you and so we can be taught by your scriptures. So through the power of your Holy Spirit, teach us now. Help us to understand how we can trust you. Help us to understand why we should trust one another. Help us to understand how we move forward in the midst of uncertainty in our lives. Through this simple parable, this simple illustration you use, Lord, help us to understand what it is you're doing. Speak to us now through your Holy Spirit and through your scriptures. We ask this in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. So I'm not sure how you all deal with uncertainty. But I know that I find uncertainty to be very annoying. By uncertainty, one definition that I found is simply the human brain not knowing which course of action to take, not knowing how to respond. It manifests itself, my annoyance, in simple things, like when I come home and my wife Emily says, hey, guess what? And I don't really wanna guess, I just wanna know. (laughs) so I don't play that game. (laughs) Or when she tries to say, hey, would you ever want a surprise party for your birthday? And years ago, I said, no, never, never. I'm one of those people where I like to know what's going to happen. I like patterns. I like routines. I like consistency. Uncertainty drives me wild. And you may be like me in that. In the last few years, we've had one of the highest levels of uncertainty that anyone can remember. Worldwide, things changed. We didn't know how things were gonna move forward. We're still dealing with uncertainties that many of us thought we would never have to deal with. And human beings in general, I don't think we deal with uncertainty that well. But Jesus' parable here, it's actually addressing uncertainty. It's one that's easy to misunderstand if you don't look at it in its context. But this parable is addressing uncertainty that Jesus' disciples feel with his teaching. So what happened here is that this parable follows directly the parable we talked about last week, the parable of the sower. It's right after that one. In the parable of the sower, Jesus gives this picture of a man who goes out to sow seed. And he scatters seed, and it falls on four different places. Some falls on the rocks, some falls on a path, some falls in thorns, and some falls in good soil. And according to Jesus, after his disciples ask him what this means, because they don't understand it, uh, the four different types of seeds, the where they can land, represents different people. It represents different people in their response to the word of God. And you want to be the good soil. That's what we know. The good soil is where you want to be. Jesus makes that clear. That's where there's production. That's where people are fruitful. Now, that sounds good, and you understand it at one level. But the moment you try to apply this to life becomes more complicated. Because one thing Jesus doesn't do in the Gospel of Mark is say, here's the checklist for knowing if you're the good soil or not. You have to work at it. You have to guess at it. His disciples don't really understand. They're asking Jesus to explain things. He gives them an explanation. They still don't really know how they're supposed to respond to this teaching. And that's when Jesus follows up with this parable. Where he says, does somebody bring in a lampstand to basically hide it so it doesn't shine? No, you put it, sorry, you bring a lamp in to hide it. No, you put it on the lampstand so that it can shine. What Jesus is saying here is, everything will be revealed. But you can see that there is uncertainty here. Jesus' is teaching to his own disciples, the people closest to him, doesn't lead to clarity. It doesn't lead to them knowing. It leads to them wondering, what is he talking about? What is Jesus talking about? Now, here's the thing. We're in the Gospel of Mark, and we're going to be in the Gospel of Mark for a while. And I want to say that if you're like me, where uncertainty makes you a little uncomfortable, you might be in for a bit of a tough ride here. Because the Gospel of Mark has a lot of uncertainty in it. And it's not a bug, it's a feature of the Gospel. In fact, we are told in at least one instance that Jesus is trying to make his teaching uncertain. He's trying to have people not understand. It's in Mark chapter 4. It's actually right before this parable. This is Mark 4.11, I think, maybe 4.12. But Jesus says this. His disciples are saying, why do you teach in parables? Because they don't get why he's given this confusing teaching. And Jesus says, for those outside, everything comes in parables. In order that they may indeed look but not perceive and may indeed hear but not understand, so that they may not turn again and be forgiven. In order that. Jesus uses parables in order that people won't understand in the gospel of Mark. This is one of those moments where if you're feeling a little annoyed or frustrated with Jesus, it's okay. Why is he being intentionally confusing? And if you're feeling annoyed or frustrated, you are not alone in that. This is a question that Christians have pondered For millennia now. In fact, the first person who may have been annoyed by this, or at least felt the need to change this, is whoever wrote the Gospel of Matthew. Because this chapter, Mark 4, it shows up in Matthew chapter 13. The same form, same parables, slight changes here or there. And the same conversation that Jesus has with his disciples takes place in Matthew 13, where they say, Why do you use parables? But in Matthew 13, Jesus says this. The reason I speak to them in parables is that seeing they do not perceive and hearing they do not listen, nor do they understand. The in order that, that Mark has, where Jesus says, I use parables in order that they don't understand, has now been changed to, I use parables because they don't understand. You see that shift there. Matthew changed this, most likely. One of them changed the other ones. And the point here is that Mark was comfortable with this difficult saying of Jesus. Mark was comfortable with this ambiguity and uncertainty that Jesus has here. Matthew wasn't. The gospel of Mark has more uncertainty in it. It doesn't feel the need to resolve uncertainty. It can let it stand. The question that I would have for each of you is, how do you deal with uncertainty? Is it something you're comfortable with? How do you respond? In fact, as I'm talking about uncertainty, I I can probably guess that at least some of you are just uh, uncomfortable with how many times I'm saying the word uncertainty. (laughs) In general, human beings, we don't do well with uncertainty. There's been studies on this. We're not wired for it. Remember that definition that I gave, that uncertainty is the brain not knowing the course of action. Well, up at University of California, San Francisco, there was a professor who wrote an article that I looked at this last week talking about uncertainty, talking about the effects that it has on human beings. And what he wrote was, uncertainty means ambiguity, which means that we have to expend effort in trying to predict what will happen in addition to preparing for all of the different outcomes. In those moments where you don't know the course of action, where you don't know how to respond, where you don't know how to move forward, it's not just that you don't know how to move forward, but you find yourself playing out different scenarios, trying to predict what might happen, having contingency plans in place. And the more you do that, the more stressful things become most often. Because you're not going to be able to prepare for everything. You're not going to be able to have every contingency plan for every single possibility. Sometimes you'll over-prepare for one possibility. You'll under-prepare for another. And oftentimes what happens to a lot of people is you just freeze. And you just don't prepare for anything. It feels overwhelming. And all of this can create stress. And this article went on to say, the stress of uncertainty, especially when prolonged, is among the most insidious stressors we experience as human beings. When you experience uncertainty for a long time, like every single one of us has for the last few years, the stress starts to take over. And you may not even be aware of how it's affecting you or the foothold that it's had in your life. But you find yourself constantly just reacting. Uncertainty is a real problem in our world. And that's where the Gospel of Mark, to me, is so fascinating, because it doesn't try to resolve uncertainty. Jesus' teaching, intentionally, we're told, with what I just read, creates more uncertainty. The Gospel of Mark doesn't try to give you simple, easy answers. And I think in that, there's a lesson in this Gospel for us. Because the point of the Gospel of Mark isn't to give us simple answers or to just decrease our uncertainty so that we feel calm and relaxed. The point of the Gospel of Mark is to introduce us to Jesus so that we become disciples of Jesus's. So we begin to follow Jesus. So we learn to trust Jesus. And I think one of the biggest mistakes people make when it comes to uncertainty is that they try to respond to uncertainty by gaining more certainty. But the response to uncertainty isn't more certainty. It's trust. Learning to trust is how you respond to the uncertainty in your life. And the more you think about this, the more obvious I think it becomes. Because the truth is, if you take the uncertainty in your own life and all you're doing is trying to make things more certain for yourself, trying to get all of those answers, trying to figure out everything... That's what you'll be doing your entire life. We are always going to live with uncertainty. There are any number of things that we actually aren't certain about, but we live our lives as though we are. I mean, there's some really basic things. Like the fact, uh, one thing I always come back to, this might not be your issue, but for me, we talk about atoms, we talk about molecules, we talk about the basic building blocks for the world. I've never seen any of those things. I've never looked in a microscope. I don't have access to that. Maybe a few of you have, but most of us trust the makeup of the world that we've heard about from other people that we think have seen it who we think are trustworthy, but we've never seen it directly. I don't know what an atom looks like myself. Or another big one that, I don't know if this is your thing, but for me, it just weirds me out, banking. Like I pull out my phone and I transfer all this money, I deposit checks, I don't see any of it anywhere. I just really trust that my bank is gonna figure all this stuff out. And I live my life with that assumption. There's a trust because so far, my bank hasn't ripped me off. Maybe yours has, I don't know, Washington Mutual, anyone? (laughs) But you learn to trust what other people say. You learn to trust the other people around you. And there was a brief moment that I just have to confess. After I watched a few episodes of the show Westworld on HBO, it talks about robots and AI and everything. I may have been <laughs> less certain than I should have been that my wife's not a robot. <laughs> but I learned to just trust her when she said, no, I'm not a robot, stop asking me. <laughs> Our lives are built up more on trust than they are on us being certain about things. And the gospel of Mark is trying to redirect that trust that you've placed in other people and other things to Jesus. It's trying to help you understand that trusting Jesus is how you deal with uncertainty. Not trusting that you have his answers figured out or the answers figured out or that you understand every single one of his stories. You're going to still wonder, what is Jesus talking about? And that's okay. Because it's not Jesus' answers or his stories that we worship. It's the person of Jesus Christ. It's learning to trust him. That's what the Gospel of Mark pulls us towards. That's its whole point for existing as a gospel. It's to bring us into that uncertainty so that we learn to trust Jesus in the midst of it. And it's not just Jesus that we learn to trust. It's also the people who have told us about Jesus. I mean, all of those experts that we do learn to trust, we learn to trust them because most of the time, their words match reality. And when they don't, they own up to it. So we can trust the words that they say. And the gospel of Mark is trying to help us understand the people who have told us about Jesus, who have passed down this gospel, they're also trustworthy. For 2,000 years, this gospel has been passed down because people experienced Jesus through it so that you also could experience Jesus through it. And Jesus lays out this way of living life. And you learn that people are trustworthy by seeing. Do they live in the way Jesus lived? Do they reflect the character of Jesus? That's how we learn who to trust. And when people, even if, and especially if they claim Jesus as Lord don't live in the way Jesus called them to. Don't treat others with the love and dignity that Jesus called them to. Don't love their neighbors and their enemies as themselves in the way Jesus called them to. Then that's not somebody to trust. This gospel wants us not just to trust Jesus, but to also trust the church, the community. And that trust is how you respond to uncertainty. Learning to rely on others, learning to walk alongside others, deepening your relationships with other people who also lift up Jesus as Lord, learning to trust other people. that's how the stress of uncertainty begins to diminish and to fade away. And it's not just me saying that in that same article that I wrote uh, that I, I didn't write it that I quoted <laughs> I'd be very impressed if I could also write an article about uh, psychology. In that article that I quoted, the ultimate conclusion this professor comes to is that we can't get rid of uncertainty. You're going to live with uncertainty. But the deeper you are connected to a community, the easier uncertainty is to handle. The more connected you are to other people, the more you bear the burden of uncertainty together, and It diminishes. The Gospel of Mark knew this well before a psychology professor at University of California, San Francisco. The Gospel of Mark pulls us into this world where we learn to trust Jesus and learn to trust others who are following Jesus. And in the midst of that, we can deal with whatever uncertainty we learn to feel. The response to uncertainty isn't more certainty. It's trust. It's trust in Jesus. It's trusting that the person of Jesus is faithful, and that eventually, whatever questions you have will be revealed. That's Jesus' parable here. This lamp that you bring in is Jesus' teaching. And what he says to his disciples is, it will all be revealed eventually, trust me. That's at the core of Jesus' teaching here in this parable. The lamp that is Jesus will be on display. The world will understand Everything will be made known at some point. Trust me. Please pray with me. Lord, help us to trust you. In those moments where it feels like we don't know how to move forward in life, help us to trust you. In those moments where it feels like we don't understand what it is you're calling us to, help us to trust you. In those moments where your words in Scripture don't seem to make sense to us, help us to trust you. Help us to understand that if we feel uncertain, well, your disciples, the people closest to you, felt uncertain also. But they kept following you. They kept asking questions. They kept moving forward in relationship with you and with one another, Lord. So help us to trust that you will reveal all the things that we need to understand in due time. Help us to understand that while we won't have perfect answers, we can still trust in you, your character, who you are as a person, Lord, as our God. Help us to trust.
0: Safe within your name. This we know. This we know. Promise never to forsake. What you began, you will sustain. This we know. This we know.